So this is the the one that I saw. Yeah, this is me. This the, the, the one at the center is me. It's just that I, I grew I grew out of it. Uh. I'm much much better yeah. looking. And <laughs> Hello, my friend. How are you? I'm fine. I'm great today. Yeah, today is Christmas uh, Eve, so. But uh, I, I'm just wondering, how do you celebrate Christmas in Malaysia? Uh, uh, is it something? Right now, it's pretty quiet. How, yeah, how usually we celebrate quite uh, happy day. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Like having big meals, shopping around. The, the people here really like to shop. They buy a lot of items. But right now. It's still getting more and more serious right now regarding the COVID-19 situation here. Like the big cities have, like, like a few days ago, 2,000 cases per day, and it seems to be going upwards. Mm. So try not to go out and celebrate too much. Usually, okay. celebrating at home. How about you? Well, in our country, uh, we had uh, a general community community quarantine that's the technical term for our country's lockdown uh, even though even though it's locked down uh, public movement has been quite a bit lenient to, to make way for activities that involves shopping and buying food stuff uh, every 24th of December we have this thing that we call uh, Noche Buena so it's kind of a Spanish influence uh, event where uh, every Christmas Eve people are having this big uh, uh, dinner feast. Uh, uh, so we're, it's some people go to the church, but right now because of the pandemic, uh, 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 public. Uh, Congregation is kind of illegal in, in our country, or maybe or, or controlled. I think uh, we, you can't go with uh, more than fifteen people in any given point in time in public. So, uh, do you still wear face mask, face shield in in Malaysia? Uh, yeah, I have to. I have to wear the mask every day. But of course, right now it's quite relaxed in certain office. Some workplace they don't really wear masks, but usually when I go out, or even if I work in the office, I have to make sure I wear masks because I do travel a lot to different sites, project sites. I travel a lot to multiple offices every week, so I have to take care of myself. It's my responsibility to wear masks. Uh, Is it the same in Philippines right now? Oh yeah, uh, if. I remember there's there's a new ordinance in our country where where you need to, to wear face shield uh, once you go out of the house, uh, and there's some sort of uh, problems regarding wearing face shield while riding a bicycle or a motorcycle because of safety issues. Uh, so yeah, it's it's a pretty uh, crazy time to, to go out these days. Uh, I don't go out too much, uh, even the, even if uh, I have some uh, work to do or something like that, uh, just because of public safety. Yeah. Uh, 
but but I I I just want to uh, yes. I just want to ask you uh, what what's the COVID situation in Malaysia right now? Uh, do you do you still have more than a thousand cases active, or what what's your what do you think is the last uh, update there? Right now, every day, constantly over one thousand. And when mm-hmm. it gets serious, it's like 2,000 cases per day for Malaysia. So it's getting, it seems to be going up, the trend. It doesn't seem to get slowed down or get reduced. It doesn't, it's not that positive. But the government, it seems the people is really, really not feeling much more relaxed right now. People are going out everywhere, having gathering, have group photos everywhere. So the numbers may go up very soon. Yeah, over here it's kind of, of like for uh, us the student. Yeah, over here it's kind of uh, yeah. crazy because uh, it kind of uh, about four thousand cases a day the last time I checked. Uh, but it has a lot to do with uh, where because people are buying stuff outside. I guess that's where it starts. I'm not sure. Uh, but yeah, let's focus on you, uh, Caleb. Uh, so you're from Malaysia, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you you yes. you were born and raised in Malaysia. Yeah, in Kuala Lumpur as well, like in the major city in Malaysia. So uh, then I straight away I study here local as well for the diploma, degree, and a master. Everything is done here in the same city. So uh, why did you? What makes you decide to, to take art architecture when you're in high school? Okay, so pretty early on, I already decided to... I wanted to do design. I want to learn design. Then from my understanding at that time, architecture is like the main branch on top, whereby with architecture, I can take graphic design, video film, I can do a lot of other things. And then at, at that time, and even now, I'm very much interested in workload that is very that has very high stakes. Therefore, I'm very much driven to architecture because I think architecture is the one with the highest stake. Like mistake in graphic design or mistake in other design work, the consequence isn't as as much as architecture. So that's what pulled me into architecture. But my primary interest is on design, less on building. Yep, so that's what pulled me into animation. Some of my friends uh, started in, in another discipline before they end up uh, practicing the discipline of architecture. Yeah, well, if you ask me, I started with comic art. Uh, do you have the same uh, kind of story where it, you, you came from another discipline before you go into architecture? I draw a lot. I draw since I was like three years old. I keep drawing. I draw during classes. Pretty early on, I already know that I have to. I I, I want to do work with my hand, create stuff. So like the the work that I've done, like you see in the Anning Square, like all this cash behind me, like all this all this skill are in drawing and sketching. I don't have to train after I go into diploma. Even before I go into diploma, I already can draw like that. So there is a huge shortcut that I think is kind of 
it's very helpful as as my strength as a student back then. So I I like the, like like what you do like what you said like three years old I already started like reading like comic books whatnot. Yeah, I, yeah, I went through that. Mm. Uh, maybe that's the reason why your style of uh, visual presentation is pretty distinct. Uh, that leads you to win the Arch- uh, D1 uh, Drawing Awards. Uh, uh, is, that, is that the correct name of the competition? Uh, the Archetizer event? Yeah. yeah. Uh, mm. Is it something that... Archetizer and Archetizer. Uh, your your style, right? Uh, I, I, I we can saw it at the back of your. Uh, where are you right now? Is that something that is unique to you, or something that uh, you're trained for? Wherein, in class, you're trained to do this kind of visual presentation. Uh, so, but basically, the, the, I'm not really having a style. All the while, I'm really intrigued by some EXO drawing that I've seen from someone called Jen. I can't recall the full name. Someone from AA where they draw similar style like this. I'm not sure. Uh, the the one that dance the WC I can find out the, the person names. But I've always been interested in drawing style that have very dark shadow. Dark shadow, black and white. But of course everything is intentional because it all ties back to my literature study. The theory that I device is from the mental, tra- uh, the mental transcript whereby in the mental transcript they have all of this this uh this graphic in the drawing so it's just nice and happened coincidentally that using this style like black and white complement the theory so all the exploration from the first week until the last week every work that i produce is in similar style make it more consistent and whatnot. But if you if you were to ask about my school at that time, no other student really draw like that. It's still pretty much everyone is doing digital rendering. Everyone is doing the the usual normal stuff. Uh, and it's quite a risk uh, for me to take this path. Yeah. Then it was mm-hmm. yeah. uh, will you share something or uh yeah, yeah. Just, I'm, I'm trying to find the file for me to share. Yeah, but the share screen button is uh, on, so you can share anytime. If there's one called Jen Kapliki, I think. The, the, the person that inspired. Remember, it's something like that. Jen Kapliki. Yes, Future System. Yeah, I'm, I'm showing up the. Wait, 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 let me share my screen. I'm, I'm, my screen is freezing at the moment. It's okay. And last time I used to intern and, and work two years in Kenyang. And Kenyang also does that kind of drawing. It's a bit old school because people don't really do that kind of drawing right now. But back in the days is what I really fall in love with. Black and white, very dark shadows. So, so you worked with Kenyan for a few years? A total of two years. Mm. So it's this guy, Jen Kapliki at One System. Okay. He's from AA. You can see the drawing. 
Yes. I really like this style. And I try to do this since I'm in my degree last semester. Oops. Where did I do? Hmm. So I kind of get inspired by it from this. Hmm. This kind of drawing where they have very dark shadows and they have notation. Like arrows showing how it turns. And then it's quite detailed. It's cut out. Exo drawing. So these are the style that inspired me working towards it. And of course, there's also the Mandel transcript. Yeah, let me search the Mandel transcript. So all this is a part of the reason why, because I, I didn't really have a particular style. First of all, it's also quite analytical. The, the intention behind having those is like I want to take away the element of the element of materiality. So the focus is not is less on material and less on time, less on the season, is more to it became more towards the content. I want to reduce the distraction in the graphic. Because right now, like you see on the, 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 the unending square, it itself is already quite messy, right? So these are the literature theory that I use. All of this is only line, graphic. This is my main literature body where I derive my theories. And this is uh, Bernard Chumi, right? Uh... Yes, this is Bernard Chumis. Mm. And one of the pioneer in, he started deconstructivist. One of the seven we Yes. Yeah, and... I just, I'm not sure why it keep freezing my screen. So these are like the work for the Anand Square. So I try to be as much. So from this drawing itself, it's already complicated enough. If I add colors, add material, or any other graphical element, it probably make it harder to read. Also, because here I purely want to focus more on the architectural body. Low wall, high wall, full height wall, is it curtain glass wall? Is there any column? All the architectural elements. And of course, like Bernard Chumi's theory is highly related to the event that happened within. So if I really want to show event, it's quite a straightforward method if I show it, draw it like that. Like people running, people consuming food. To me, it's, it's simpler to straight away draw it on the screen. Like all the event, if I were to Photoshop or render, it would be quite hard. Yeah. So in order to fully explore the, the, the event, I would rather sketch it straight away. And to me, it's, uh, it's something that I don't have to think about in terms of the difficulty. And I saw your uh, workflow on this uh, on Instagram. Well, not this particular work, but how you you draw. Uh, you you use uh, th this translucent paper, right? Uh, uh, and you yeah, what uh, we call butter paper. Yeah, butter paper. Uh, would you, would you believe in the Philippines we call it uh, hopia paper? Uh, are you familiar with hopia? Uh, it, oh, what like, is hopia? It, it's like a mooncake or. Uh, something like that uh, 
So it's a it's a food. food oh, do you spot. pronounce that? Uh, hope yeah. Uh, I I think you you. Hope yeah. Oh. Yeah yeah. We we call it hope yeah. But I I understand that uh, over there it's butter paper. So yeah, I and mm-hmm. you you are using uh, a unitine for this or or a technical pen. All these are uh, actually it's a it's a normal it's a normal pen. Normal pen, not 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 technical not technical pen. Like right, all these what you call the the art line pen, the art okay. line pen. Yeah, different yeah. different line weight. That's that's it. But of course, the line weight here I didn't draw it uh detailed enough like, Oh, this the line weight isn't that differentiated. I I kind of rushed through producing this, so it could have definitely be better. <laughs> like the human orders, I could use an even thinner line weight if I want to improve on that. Yeah, it was quite rushed at that time. And but from here, like what I said, the the event can only be drawn. Yeah, and and yeah, uh, the way I I'm looking at your. It's like a, a section, combination of section, isometric drawing, and uh, there, there's a lot of information that are being presented in, in one illustration. Maybe, uh, I think that's the, the motivation on, on cutting the, or, or sectioning the, the part of uh, the unending square for us to see the, the atrium at the middle. Uh, uh, it's kind of a very difficult thing to to do. I mean, I can only imagine how long did you did you finish this before, or did you even had any errors that uh, 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 what did you mean errors? What I mean, errors? Uh, did you did you had any? Like minor mistakes that you need to erase, or is it something that? Uh, what's what's your? You know, like uh, like. Yeah. Actually, here, right? People can't verify whether is it a mistake or not because people don't really know how the project looks like. Like mm-hmm. sometimes here, I added some fictional item. There's little part, little part here. May not be like you see this. Can you see my mouse? Uh, yeah, you can use annotation. Yeah, the, the the problem the the beauty of all this is like people won't know like, oh wait how can I end up this? I am clicking. It's very left. On the options, uh, there's a there's the. Yeah 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 I already click it. Yeah. Yeah, it's basically this. It's not supposed to be so long. You see. This pathway should end like around here, but to exaggerate the, the movement and path, I can draw something false. So sometimes I just think that we are too honest or too realistic with our drawing. Like whatever looks like in actual the building, the whole elevation must tally, the section must tally with the floor plan. Sometimes what I learned maybe from Ken Yang or looking at the past whole drawing, right? Sometimes to really express or explore certain draw, uh, theory or concept, it doesn't have to tally, like the elevation doesn't have to tally with the section, section doesn't have to tally with the perspective even, because at the end of the day, all this is arch- for academic purposes only, it's not going to get built. Yeah. Right? So it doesn't have to be fully accurate. So I think mostly sometimes now students don't really explore 
and have fun in the drawing. So when you ask about mistake, there's some mistake, very minor mistake here and there, but all this is rushed, drawn in a stretch. I think this drawing, this this image used 21 or 22 hours, I think. It was like two weeks before the submission where I started the production stage. Mm. And, 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 I'm, and I'm facing my roadside, so my, my heels traffic. Oh, it's fine. Uh, and this yeah. this project is a mixed use development, right? Uh, a shopping mall, I guess. Uh, uh, it's all co-working space. This this whole building oh. is designed as co-working space. Oh, oh right, yeah. Mm. So it's... I, 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 yeah, I explore co co-working culture for this project. So I actually choose that because it's, it's straight away it's a shortcut I use as well because people like me, like you, in the tutor or the general creative class, we always work and jump everywhere. It's very mobile. Like the creative class co-work co a lot. We work on phone, we work on laptops. So straight away the user group, I don't have to spend a lot, a lot of time in studying the needs, the specific need of user group. Then there I expand. So it is in, in simple, if I want to simplify this project, at the end the outcome is more like the snake and ladder game. So if let's say I use laptop, laptop people sometimes they want very refreshing view. Like I want to always change place to see. I want to see different view at every angle. So from this project, it's all linked together with different circulation. Every space there's at least two entrance. So every day when you walk up and experience the space. You can walk many different circulation. It's like a snake and ladder game. Then every time when you sit down to work on the laptop, the view you get is different. So those are the main design objective that we have for this project. So entirely is a it's a co-working world of its own uh, that uh, allows people to have uh, their own interpretation of the event. Mm. Let's try to yeah. uh Let's try to check the, the design process behind the unending square. Uh, maybe you could share it with us. Because yep. uh, I could see a lot of layers of uh, information and maybe we could uh, see the origin of, of the concept. Uh, it's for it's also for the viewers to, to see. No, the concept doesn't come first. So what I started is I, I done a lot of deep reading into the Bernard Chumis, the Mantis transcript. So what I did early on, my tutor helped me a lot in confirming the design, the literature. So straight away from the beginning, I told my tutor Li Cheng Yi a few keywords: uh, fiction, uh, casualty, which means uh, uh, causality, causality which cause uh, and sequences and then next is the the film so right now from here fiction film and causality then he introduced this body of work to me from Bernard Shumi that's straight away I jump and analyze because it's very graphical the drawing I try to emulate straight away I copy the style and produce some work so this is what I copy and what I find out then here I try to copy again and the process is that during this copying research stage, we also have dissertation. We also have research pro process where I go to the co-working office to look at 
the people, how they work, look into the community or the past paper that people have written for co-working space. Then I'll, in the meantime, I also try to continue emulate Vernon Chumi's work. So these are some of the process. So, then so I basically these are the... This from OMA. Okay. These are the notations that uh, you codify as the foundation of uh, the concept. Uh, do I understand it correctly? Mm. Notation? Mm. No, this is like diagram. Like notation is like all these little one, two, zero, one, two, three, four, five, six. Oh. All the little add the arrow, all those are the notation. Yeah, okay. but this di diagramming method or graphic method I should emulate. So this one is I analyze the site lah. That time I analyze the site. I'm fine whether is it a, the concept doesn't come first. The the how to say the the rational, the logic behind the the designs is not thought of at the very beginning. Mm -hmm. It was thought out later. I purely want to explore the first of all the drawing methodology, how they draw, and I also go deep into the. The, the body of literature okay because it's a really the, the, the deconstructive deconstruction then then only I, I i saw all the things then only I, I try to connect the point how could i find how could i find logical uh, objective that is very functional that i could apply so at the very beginning it's more to what can, what can i derive from the body of work then the second question is how could I derive from the body of work for the co-working community? Mm -hmm. That's the, the then, la then later on, so, like, all this is still the process. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So right now, all this is still the process, like the frame that they have. All this, all this technique is really strictly following the body of work. Like only of frame itself, the frame. Okay, there's really uh, really like a few page of body of work for that. Then in terms of annotation, color use, event. All this the movement all is in the literature so i try to get as much then i form my own <laughs> then some of the strategy i also didn't use so actually if let's say i, I come up with 20 strategy maybe i only use like five to ten i will select those that i find complements the code in space then i come up with this uh, this like end of first semester it's still very much different with the final outcome because of the importance of frame. So this is all pure Bernard Shumi theory. It is only until the second semester where I break out, I don't purely follow what Bernard Shumi did and I try to use other deconstructivist strategy or design method to further explore my design. So from here, right, this is end of semester one. Uh. Usually from what you see, what I did earlier on, uh, I'm like, the, the student who get the lowest mark in my class mm. because none of my classmates is doing something like this based on that way we start and uh, usually the researcher or the mentor they they want to have uh, the foundation of the thesis laid very firmly at the very beginning which means that you must look at the objective. You always like research question must be done looking at the very objective and realistically can be achieved. Whereby for me here, the objective wasn't set at the very beginning. It was it was done later. So from here, right, the, the only objective I have is that the what I described earlier on is to provide a fresh start. This is the space. Let's say this is my laptop. 
I can look at all the event, the space, the quality that I see from every view is different. So that is the kind of fresh start feature that we can have for the, for the student. But at that time, my, my, my grade is like the lowest in my class. Do, do you believe that? That that's the lowest in your class. Uh, do I hear it right? Yeah, I'm like borderline. Yeah, yeah, borderline failing at in my first semester. Then at the end, of course, the tutor also helped me to provide me get me passed. Mm -hmm. Because um, it's it's uncom it's not conventional at all the, the path that I'm doing and the risk that I take. I, I don't really care about the grading that much at that time. Yeah. Uh, this is your uh, what I want to do. This is your thesis. Uh, am I am I right? Yes. Uh, oh yes, yeah. yes, yes. The first semester of my thesis. And I I just want to ask about but, the the at the beginning of your project. Uh, this is a because you mentioned that it doesn't start with a concept. Uh, it 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 the concept uh, has been conceptualized at the end so is it right to say that it is a bottoms up design process wherein uh like you don't really have the a beginning, concept at the beginning uh, uh, yeah which is kind of different right because rather, most than, of, rather than concept yeah it's different because most of your most of the time it's it's a top-down design wherein you already have the idea mm -hmm. or the form in your head everything goes with it but you kind of reversed it uh yeah uh yes yes mm. because the the work right like like Bernard Shumis and all this work is very it's very abstract and very diagrammatic then i try to copy and derive at the very beginning stage i totally want to learn more about the theory learn more about the literature the theoretical body of work that have been documented by Bernard Chomis. So I go deep into that without coming to any conclusion soon. I put that as much as possible. Then I think what part of the part of the reason why the mentor they really like the way I do is because it's very unpredictable. Yeah. Exactly. First of all, at the very beginning they 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 grade yeah, they, they grade me very lowly is because they cannot predict. That's why they grade me very low. But in in but but out of grading, out of the grading process, they're actually very excited because they don't know what will happen next. Mm -hmm. Compared to other students where maybe the first the first interim or the first presentation is straight away can predict how the final outcome looks like. That's most of the other students work well. I'm gonna do green building, I'm gonna explore this for the hospital. So the first week itself will really kinda predict the outcome of the student work. But for my case, it's totally opposite. The, the tutor, when I present all this, they cannot predict how the final outcome will look like because that's not the main intention. And besides, like what you say, concept, right? It wasn't that rational. At the very beginning, it wasn't like to achieve, the objective wasn't that clear. The objective at that time is just to, what uh, theory, what are the functional item element that I could derive from the theory? That's my early objective. Then only mm -hmm. I link to co-working space. Then only I specify the the re, the real feature of this concept. So from there here, this is the 3D model. So right now the, the main feature is like it create a very dynamic working experience. This is the snake and ladder viewing from outside. 
so they, they are free to go around the whole space to form their own storyline to form their own daily experience who they meet what would happen the whole building in the inner experience is entirely unpredictable as well yeah uh, you can already from get the point idea to... from the outside if if you're going to walk from the street looking at the building you know that what will happen inside is something that you will not predict uh it's already yeah that's part yeah, of the impression that's the first impression yeah so so here i the drawing was pretty much cut out before i start drawing them so let's say i have this completed drawing this is the completed iso so i lay my butter paper the hopia hopia paper on top of it to trace yeah. over it and then here i also do the cutout like the red line is actually the cut section mm -hmm. so this is what i work work with at that time i print this out i straight away put my paper on it and i, I render like 22 hours up. The, the first the first uh, thing i i noticed when you when you show this section is how uh, committed you are to the structural design of the building. I mean, you can even see the beams of, uh, from the from the floor slabs. Uh, you you really want to make it. I have to. I have to. Other yeah. Uh, in real life, it may not it may not work. Uh, it may not work perfectly well, but I have to show that it's it's believable. So with the current technology, with the 3D models, this is the what made it possible. Uh, I could just imagine in the past without the 3D software, it made it quite hard to make it believable, right? And also the beam, the column, those are part of the strategy I use in the, in the, in the building. Like we have all this chaos, all this chaotic structure, the, the columns serve as a constant order. Like, like all this furniture work, they have all this, consistent gap although it's chaotic all the little point is different but something is still being consistent so i for me the, the column distance is always the same in the floor plan the rest is following different axes so those are the strategy but before that i spent a lot a lot of time to come up with a lot of strategy which is like all this strategy here like analyze the the, the program co-working i of course i still try to use back the strategy of design methodology of what furniture means used in the matter transcript frame relation you can read uh horizontally you can read vertically it relates both to each other and there's all this notation going on yeah and this was done end of semester one uh, then I, I do your this. So background for this study summary back, uh can you show it uh, again uh the, the which one yeah that i guess that one would do so these are the the analysis mm -hmm. of different aspects of your of your project right uh and this is the the comparison between conventional office and co-working space yeah yeah it's a very neat way to 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 visually explain the the innovations of your work like you don't even need uh, to write too much text for it so it's actually a pretty good example of how to 
create a, a simple uh, comparative analysis if I so by looking at it correctly. Uh, in my class, I we call it uh, specimen analysis. Uh, but uh, mm-hmm. our our design process is in a different context. However, uh, specimen analysis in terms of how how to create uh, spaces, different kind of spaces. In in your case, this is uh, uh, a comparative uh, analytical diagrams on the what's going on inside your your building itself. But you also shown some yeah. aspect of the site, right? Uh, uh, like uh, yeah, site analysis. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's also pretty that. interesting that's for me because uh, basically the form of the site is based on the axis of the site. Uh, I the the form of the building rather is based on this, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. The 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 orientation. These are the, the axis that I yeah. Yeah, these are the exit that I captured, I selected. Before this, I have a, a few more options that is uh, entirely a mess because I take on a lot of axis. This is the only axis that I captured. From here, there's Kibla, North, South, East, West, and whatnot. Then I turn into the grid line. Yeah. And then from the grid line, I use the grid line to come up with all this snake and ladder circulation. Well, of course, other site study is like... This report wasn't compiled in chronological way, so... It's a bit here and there. Yeah, the sex study is more like this, which some of them is not that useful. Like this is the height study to my site. The relationship between the site with the adjacent uh, business district. Then here I do a study on the, the program. What are the program around my building? All this I reference from OMA. I also have the height, the height study. Then from here I actually draw it in Another diagram. This is for height, the height study. Where can I find that diagram? I've done this this diagram. This is the one where I use the OMA method, the Yokohama master plan diagram that I shown earlier to do one more version into my site. And this one is a combination with Bernachumi as, as well. Yeah. Like I show perspective view. Of the of the of the of the key area that most of the people will be at this time. Let's say on between two p.m. to three p.m. This is the place with more people will be, and then I, I show a floor plan or a sectional with the circulation, how the people will move. I try to derive something out of this, but I end up this drawing is more like. So from here, right, I I unable to really convert this into an actual desired outcome, but this itself is an investigation at that time. To say yeah. that this attempt failed, lah. This attempt failed, right? But because I have done this study, I can tell the mentor or I can tell the crit that I've done site study. And then I have tried using other contextual site elements to inform design decision, but it's not effective. So this itself become a work like evidence uh, that I've done the, the, the study and also to prove that certain idea doesn't work. So it's also quite valuable to me at that time for this drawing. This is uh, this is so the, I keep on doing the work. Uh, this is like the cultural mapping of, of your project, right? The the spaces related to the time. The the, the program type like here the first row cinema, then we are shopping malls, the mm-hmm. office, then the line indicate which time it will be occupied. So um, some during the night, like here, yeah, the, 
the massage go all the way here because some of the activity goes 24 hours so during like then the this is the peak hour the peak hour so the center here 10 o'clock to 13 o'clock it has the highest most activity here then what shop is being closed and whatnot then how the the, the building looks like like for school for traffic how the different places look like so this is i try to come up with something from this study but no it's too much the, the the conclusion i have is that contextual element is good to incorporate the project but it has to be relevant relevant contextual element is much more important otherwise it's very forceful it's contextual but it's irrelevant then so on yeah this was sex study but all this while i'm jumping here and there but you have any questions to ask well yeah uh like these and, are the and looking at the floor plans it, it all uh, it all makes sense uh, because uh, you seem to to really create a very coherent uh, floor plan based on uh, the axis that uh, basically creates all of the orientation but uh, I, I'm I'm sure you ha you you did have to make some time to, to really uh, make the the whole solid parts of the building right uh, like like how did you make the decision to to place this kind of slab of solid on this side of the building uh, is it uh, improvisational or is it uh, is it something that uh, we, we sometimes call it happy accidents? Uh, did you did you encounter any happy accidents along the way when you create the three D model? Uh, happy accident. Uh. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of happy accident while developing all this. The from the from the theory to how I can use the theory, and then how I combine all the useful functional idea about the theory those are happy considered like all this is from the theoretical body at the beginning i, I purely you purely uh explore multiplicity of reading like how a same space can be read differently as much as possible so it's almost like stick and ladder how much i can how much I can walk around so this is the, all this happy accident happen here so just the question you ask how i build the 3d model is it's all following all this strategy here with all this confirmed then only i go to the 3d model so like like i have a lot of visual element in our project like this this one it indicates how i how one would walk so if let's say like the project in the elevation and section if you see slanted element if you see slanted element it means that there's a staircase nearby and then whatever you see on the space indicates the kind of event that they could have all this theory i apply all of them axis then like space is designed to be unable to see and to be read fully so we have only one vertical atrium other space there's no hierarchy and there's always multiple entry and exit point like this one nothing is centric nothing is hierarchical uh, this is the dna of of the of the building uh, mm -hmm. 
but uh, may, yeah, may, control I, the like. I, I, I'm also wondering if if the building has a different layers of meaning. Uh, does it is it something that you're aware of? I mean, well, usually uh, just to just to give the context, uh, when uh, when you create a a building, right? You you put uh, symbolisms or meanings into into the form or whatnot. Is it something that you are uh, trying to impose, or is it something that you don't really uh, care about? I mean, what's your take on that? No, no. From here, my focus is very focused. I try not to have any external association or meaning to the space, because from here, everything I want to be very objective, mm. very straightforward. Like what I mean, straightforward and objective is that. I only focus on user experience because I, I don't think anyone can argue user experience, which means that one could enjoy from one point to another point to work with the laptop, to, to, to interact with the people, unpredictable event in the space. All this is very strong and very safe argument so that like kisses to defend, no, no people will really challenge that because it's very believable. Yeah. So any association and meaning, it, come, it becomes quite subjective. You may interpret it, you may see it as something else, and other people might see it another way. So I'm gonna leave that subject subjectivity out and make it a purely objective study. So that is the intentional, not say a word or not, but and here I try to be very user experience and trick. And all this is because my tutor Li Chengyi direct me into this way. Mm. Uh, has been very crucial into directing me in this way. And this is the the scale model, right? So yeah, the scale model. Uh, wait, I have that. Yeah, I still have it. Wow. You, you I so think with, uh, with the... I I watch a video of you making this model. Uh, I'm not sure if if it's the same scale model though. Uh, and I yeah, feel like so, yeah. it's very different from your from your initial output on the preceding semester. Uh, I can only imagine yes, yes, yes. what's the reaction of your jury when you already presented this. They enjoy it because it's because they are, they, they they don't they see uh, I treat I treat my creeds or my mentor or whoever in my class as part of the audience. Audience, in, which means that they, they are here to enjoy. So I kind of want to, like, it's a like movie in a way that I try not to make it very predictable. So there's always something to look forward to. So I give them surprises. Same as, like, what I do with all the diagram, right? So they, they don't have to look into words. They can look at this. Of course, there's some... I want to share some of the secret or something I discover la, by doing all this. La. I just want to make it very honest because when the difference between text and diagram and what I find out about abstraction is that we leave a gap of unexplained element. Everyone interprets it different, slightly differently. Like I have my intention of, I have my reason of drawing this, but when you read it, it's entirely different. Then with that gap, with that room, people tend not to argue with each other. Yeah, like like when I show, like you say, when I show the work to my tutor, right? 
most of the people don't really understand what is going on. Yet they some some of the tutor or student they don't really want to ask. It's almost like the invincible cloth, the invincible cloth for the king. You you heard that story? Uh, I think I think I didn't. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But... yeah. The, the the emperor the, the emperor invincible cloth something like that. Like no one is there to point out the flaws or question. So whenever if I draw something like that or I do the diagram. If let's say some some in, some some professor say it's good, then everyone else will say it's good. We leave the room for interpretation because it's 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 all diagram, it's all abstraction. So for for this design process, straight away like it's give people enjoy looking into it and yeah, it's all there. So it, it kind of serve that purpose. So this is the secret lah because like like all the diagram drawing, those are part of my dissertation conclusion. The strength and weakness of the abstraction, like drawings, is that it's very hard to argue. It's very hard to fully define, and that is the intention. Yeah, and, and so, it's so it's it very like, interesting because uh, you you try to combine uh, Western architecture's deconstructivism with your sensibilities. Uh, with emphasis on uh, the anthropological needs of the users, right? Uh, well, if you're familiar with Peter Eisenman, uh, he's not the type of architect who, who really cares about the users. Uh, well, based on his uh, yeah. uh, uh, interviews. And you, you seem to, you, you seem to create a, a, a different approach Based on your uh, on your case study, which is Chumi, yeah. And, uh, but I, I just want to ask, right? Uh, is 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 deconstructivism mm. uh, as a theory? Uh, uh, is, is it something alien or something very new in your in your country? I mean, in in the Philippines, uh, we also find it uh, very new over here so uh, how about there in, in terms of the major what do you call a major movement uh, i think when i do my dissertation the constructivist is the latest latest movement there's not really a movement after the constructivist anymore mm-hmm. like once it display on the moma then right now the discontinuous seven of them branches out there's not really a movement anymore because they break the rules. The constructivists break the rules. Yeah. After they break, they have broken down the rules. Then people can straight away legitimate the act of not following the rules anymore. So people start not, not following any main window. Or, or of course, right now all the internet, social media, makes idea exchange very quickly. You may have a movement two months now, then another five months change another movement. So it changes too quick, become less like a movement. So this constructivist, if you say new or not, I'm not sure. People are still, but like what I say, all this abstraction is all drawing, so it, it leaves a lot up to the personal interpretation. So yeah. people, maybe ten years later, people will still interpret them differently. Yeah, I think one of the things that I also observe when when we are witnessing a a different design process, right? Uh, one of the challenges when you're the one who's doing it is 
um, it's it's the intellectually challenging nature of it. Uh, I mean, uh, because if if you're uh, doing something conventional like green architecture, uh, sometimes they call it uh, a kitsch, right? Uh, because uh, it's a cookie cutter design process. But in, in, when you're trying to introduce something different, uh, uh, well, yeah. What, what's your experience on that? I mean, you can imagine you you also had I some, think, yeah. some challenging uh, people who tried to, to challenge you in any way. Uh, yeah. What's your experience? I just find that, that as a, I, I I look I look at this master thesis program or this as in a very different lens because we have we always talk about context, right? Yeah. There's another context which is called academic context. Uh. People mm-hmm. don't really look at academic context, like how this project can make the school famous, maybe how the project, how the student work can make can benefit the school, can benefit the mentor. Right? So that's why we always want something new, something different, and want something uh what is it called? A new, different, and there's one more. We always we always chase for all these things. But I, I don't really agree on that. I, I like you said, if I go to green architecture, I can still come up with uh, something new. I can still innovate from it. It's okay. But my, my thought process is that if one will do something deeply interested to them in their own interest, they are able to perform more than their limits. They will go beyond 100% of their limits if they follow their interest. If someone is truly committed in green architecture, I think that student will perform much better. If yeah, the, if, if the being more self-driven, the motivation is there. You can always put a different twist on it. That's that's what you're trying to express. Uh, uh, yeah. At the end of the day, is the what the student want to learn? Yeah. And I, I, I just I just remember so I just remember Kenyan, uh, like he's yeah. the. It's mm-hmm. like the godfather, right, of of the the whole yes. green architecture movement, right? Uh, how he is, uh, what is what is his uh, image uh, in Malaysia? Is he like the well? Oh, uh, just to yeah. give you a context, right? Uh, we have the architect here. His name is uh, Francisco Manosa. He's like uh, our local mm-hmm. equivalent yeah. of Kenya. And he's one of our national artists for architecture in the Philippines. That that did Kenya has the same wow. level of prestige in Malaysia. Uh, yes, it, yes, it has. But to go back, uh, Kenya is a very good businessman. He really know how to work on his brand. Mm-hmm. Like all his his like you say, Godfather of green architecture. I don't believe he's the first one. I don't believe he's the. The, the, the first few who pioneered all the technology but he is the one who publicized it go around the world giving lecture te- uh, do a lot of documentation work he is very well respected in our country but I just want to be very honest with what I think yeah for him because uh, sometimes doing the work is not enough you have to show the work <laughs> so what he he's was very successful in is is that he showed all the work and documented all the things public publicized all the work like a lot of books so he's very well respected, still one of the most uh, comprehensive master planner uh, 
with high design in Malaysia. Yeah. Yep. But one could only do so much in our country. Okay. So thank you for uh for showing us your work on the unending square. Uh uh we can see your work on your website, right? Uh, in case the our viewers interested to to see more of it. Uh, yeah, I have like it's in detail and it's in chronological. It explains everything in my website. So with videos, with all the graphic. Yeah, I think I took too long in this in this session. <laughs> Suddenly the time passed so fast. I spent so long talking on this project. But everything and, is here in the, in the website. And yeah, before we we proceed to our next topic, this this thesis of yours said one, the the architizers one drawing challenge back in 2019. Uh, yeah. Uh, what motivates you to join? By the way, uh, how did you um, the drawing about about the event? I have a few. I have. Uh, a few process professor and my mentor all asked me to join since I already had drawn the drawing, so therefore I simply joined. And also because I have this, I started to force myself, kind of force myself to document the work on Instagram. Then the some like Archisos, they they approached me to join competition. Then another another competition organizer, Tamayos, also approached me on Instagram, asked me to join the competition. So why not I should we join? Hmm. So because of me documenting my work and publishing it on Instagram, I got a lot of benefit actually. It opens a lot from what I did in Instagram. So those are the reasons why I took part in those competitions. Yeah. The the tutors they all encouraged pushed me to submit and just happened maybe constantly or whatnot. Born, uh, yeah. Did you receive emails from other countries because of it? Uh... So far, there's like people messaging me. Some of them do ask questions on how do how do you work on this. Yeah. And then yeah, they ask very technical question, more more like a student. So and this then is, that's, this that's is all, the video. That's what happened. This is the video where you are showing the the drawing uh, process, right? Yeah, the process. Yeah. I have to. I have to. It might be a bit laggy viewing from there because it's all it's all over the zoom, right? Yeah. So I still view it. This on YouTube as well. So it's straight away drawn. I think it's just much faster and straightforward for me. Save me time. But it's also, of course it's a huge change. Like just now you said the the 3D to make this 3D took a very long time to confirm the design strategy. Everything took an even longer time as well. Hmm. Yeah, all this is up, you know, on the website. Hmm, seems like we were taking quite some time, like almost okay. one one hour for this topic itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have fine. a limit? Like, like, uh, what, what are the actual limit? Well, there's there's really none. Uh, but uh, we can actually go beyond the the, the hour, so it's fine. Don't worry about it. Uh, but yeah, we can proceed on yeah, the. Yeah. Uh, on your experiences, uh, on on what's which school is it? Uh, maybe you can share some. some yeah, usually right now. Yeah, yeah. 
last time I went back to tailors for a few times to give some help to the students. So what I did is I print all this drawing out. I sat with the student. I explained like what I just explained. The design process, whatnot. Give them some confidence. That's also part of my other purposes because I'm a tailorian. I mean, I graduated from the school. So I kind of go back there to tell them that I've been through there give, as an alumni, giving them some confidence. Those are before before my Instagram has uh, so much uh, documented work. So right now, since I already uploaded all the work on my website and on my Instagram, it's much more straightforward to share them and process. Yeah, so whenever the student come and approach me now, I will send all this to them. Mm. So beside that, it's usually more to going to like interim to grade or the final presentation to, to give grading and how they could further improve in their next semester and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, because usually in, in my school, usually they prefer architects that have license, that's being fully licensed before they start teaching full time in their school. Uh, if I remember it correctly, you, you, you did have some sort of collaboration with students wherein you were designing some sort of a bridge. Am I right? Uh, is it a bridge or? Oh, that was that was. I'm the student. I'm the student itself. I'm one of the oh, students okay. in that project. That yeah, was yeah. that was like eight to nine years ago. That bridge. Yeah, that is like one of that's during my diploma, diploma <laughs> year. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. But of course, it looks nice. when I'm, uh, when I'm I, studying as a student. I actually thought you're the the man for there so <laughs> uh no no i'm not i'm not i was a student back then so this are these your are instagram, instagram. instagram then. okay so we'll yeah. we'll, we'll so i try to we'll link them i try to be a software so this is the the one that i saw yeah this is me this yeah the, the, the one at the center is me. It's just that I grew, I grew out of it. Uh. I'm much, much better uh, looking. Uh, and th th this is the reason why I, I thought you're the teacher it's... because you're at the center. And <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah, huh? this is me. This is me presenting. Okay. This is me, the, the white shirt guy. Yeah. yeah, it was like, how long ago? I think, I think 10 years ago or so. Eight, seven years ago. So you, you just now it's uh, uploaded ago. it late. So I thought it's just last year. So it's pretty interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I kind of want to show, I kind of want to show the bad work that I did in the last time. So mm -hmm. sometimes it's good to document the bad work so that one could see the progress, what has been changed. So I have been quite fearless in uploading. I want to show the diploma works to show the, the difference then then yeah and sometimes there's something surprising i i i, I didn't expect some of these uh have some quite good comments yeah okay yeah uh so, so I, I, I encourage i encourage more students to share their work more yeah uh so for our viewers right if they want to talk to you they would just go to your instagram uh, you, you're, you're gonna. Yeah. 
can go to my Instagram or or you can contact me here. Uh, this is my website, my email, my contact numbers, or my Instagram is over at my Instagram is. Wait up, let me see if I can do this. Cannot change the font. Or... Oh, it's okay. Oh. Uh, we can read it. This is my Instagram handle. Yep. Okay. Uh, Oops. Well, uh, I have uh, one last question before we end our podcast, right? Uh, so, yeah. Uh, in Malaysia, uh, it architecture. Well, I, I, I'll share my experience first. In the Philippines, our our community is pretty small. Like we're just ten uh, percent of. Uh, well, if you compare us to the engineers, we're just one tenth of their population. So, uh, the public uh, appreciation to architecture in our country is pretty. Uh, well, not it, it's not as prestigious as engineers. Uh, so it. So I just I'm just wondering if you're experiencing the same in Malaysia. Uh, what's your take on that? Yeah, we have only 2,000 plus architects in our Malaysia. Where licensed architect is only 2,000 plus. In general, if you if you talk about the the priority of needs, uh, hierarchy of needs, architecture wasn't up there. People usually only need basic building. Sometimes people is not in a position to request or fight for good architecture or well-designed space and buildings, and then. The, the established architect usually also don't reach out to the public to either raise awareness or to educate or to put information out. There's always this gap. So part of the reason why I try to upload as much to my Instagram is also hopefully at least people around me kind of know what architecture is. So people still have prestige. People look up to architect in Malaysia because it's very it's, they are, it's quite unfamiliar to architects. Usually, once in a once in a lifetime, or even not, one would engage an architect. So, architect becomes something very far away from the normal people here. Very far away. Like lawyer, people know what lawyer do, but for architects, most people have a lot of questions. Yeah, the general public isn't that much. So, people who really care about architecture is still very small in Malaysia. I believe it's the same with your situation. The community is very small. Yeah, people usually bang, uh, bang into each other. Yeah. Well, we are, we have almost uh, the same experience in in in, in the Philippines. Uh, this is why we need to work hard, I guess. We make our websites, uh, publicize our works. I'm going to start mine this this coming year. So yeah, I'll share it with you uh, once it's done. So uh, yeah, and with this. Uh, and like what you did with this podcast also oh yeah a lot. Uh, how can i forget that what we're doing now is actually part of our uh, our scheme to publicize our our profession so uh well yeah thank you very yeah, much it less, uh, let's make it more transparent yeah thank yeah. you very much for for your time okay. uh, yeah. so and yeah happy holidays my friend uh 
Hope to see you there. Yeah, thank you so much as well. <laughs> Enjoy. Hope, hope I could visit you there, or maybe you go here. Uh, but I'm not sure if then it's not, not it's gonna happen anytime soon because of the COVID COVID thing. Uh, yeah. Uh, the next the next time I go to Philippines, I'm gonna hunt for a piano. <laughs> I want to yeah, yeah. that. We're go- we're going to to bring you on on. We're going to bring you in Manila, where where the action is happening. So it's going to be an experience. Mm. Uh, so uh, yeah, sounds good. Okay. Yeah, uh, thanks before, so much for inviting, be- really, for the yeah. for the meme podcast. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, before we end the podcast, I would like to ask: uh, Are you familiar with Asia Young Designer Award? Had you heard of it uh, in Taylor University? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ida. Yeah. Why? Yes. Well, yeah, we're we're joining on that yeah, competition, yeah. and if we win, we're going to represent the Philippines for Southeast Asia. So I'm not sure if uh, mm. if Taylor's joining. So if they win, of course, we're gonna compete against your school. But it's going to be a long shot. We still need to win our country first. Uh, <laughs> uh, I oh, just, sounds sounds fun. It is, yeah. Uh, so. We might have the best excuse to go there if, if that happened. But we need to win the Philippines first. So, mm-hmm. so okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, keep me updated. Looking forward to know more news and listening to more podcasts. The main podcast. Yes, yes. Uh, we're going to share this. We're going to edit this first. Uh, so maybe... Hopefully by December 31st, we're going we're going to, we're going to publish it on YouTube and uh, Spotify. Uh, you you use Spotify there, right? Uh, in in Malaysia. Yes, I use I use. use okay, okay. very good. As well. Okay, so I'm going to end the the meeting now, my friend. Uh, thank you very much. I'll see you soon. Yes. Thank you too, Rona, for the invitation. Okay. Yeah. Stay safe. Stay have a safe. Happy holiday. Happy See you. Happy. Thanks. Thanks so much again. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. Bye.